0: I told you at the very beginning of this that traffickers don't work well together and they do not have the ability to become a blended organization for the simple fact that nobody wants to give up their power and control. Now, At the beginning of all of this, I explained that there were three different organizations that were attempting to work together. And if you remember, I predicted that it would not work. Well, what we are seeing right now is that prediction coming to fruition. It is not working. They are turning on each other. They are not wanting to work together. They are splitting. And they are trying to get what they want Um, But they don't dare step on the toes of each other because they all know who is in charge of each organization. And they all know how mean and dangerous and disloyal and criminal and evil and vile uh, these heads of the organization truly are. So they are trying to tiptoe around the leaders of the organizations and instead of being able to work with them so that they can get what they want without having to be a part and share and it's not working very well. So in leading up to who shot JR, who this the big cult leader is, who is calling the big shots uh. I am going to start by talking about a couple of sub-leaders, I guess you could call them. Uh, We're going to start with Michelle Morrell. Now, I have mentioned her a few times. She is Derek Morrell's mom, and she started her own trafficking organization uh, back Oh, years ago. Uh, She started by using her own children and trying to get her uh, family involved, trying to get what she wanted without actually having to involve anybody else outside of her immediate family because she is... Uh, an extremely controlling version of a borderline. Uh, Derek actually used to call her his smother. Uh, When Lindsay and Derek would go to Michelle's house for any kind of outing, um, Michelle would come into their room and check on them every five minutes when they were sleeping. When their daughter was born, she would go and almost stand over the daughter's crib all night long, just watching her sleep. Now you may think, oh, but that's just, she's worried. She wants to care about them. Uh, No, I have an adopted daughter who, she comes from traffickers. Her parents, her aunt and uncle, they are all traffickers. And her dad used to go and stand at the door of her bedroom and just stand there all night long so that they couldn't sleep. It was a form of control and torture. So they didn't feel safe. They couldn't sleep. I mean, you try sleeping when somebody's watching you all night long and you know it. And you're saying, all right, but does a baby actually know it? Yes, they're not stupid. They're just new. So it's a form of making sure that the person does not feel safe in the one place that they should feel the safest, which is their own home, their own bedroom, their own bed, while they are sleeping. And you see this in a lot of torture, a lot of uh, when people are trying to gain control. They will use this kind of smothering that is actually torture and control to get what they want from the people. Now, Michelle thought that she could use her vulnerable son to uh, get what she wanted and that he wouldn't talk because most people with Down syndrome do not share information like, uh, people without Down syndrome. Uh, but he rebelled in his own ways and he started talking. Uh, Derek actually talked to me about this and he said, there were some really weird things that he said about his brother when Derek first started talking to me about things. He said one that, um, you have no idea how an accusation of sexual abuse can ruin a person's life. Uh, and then he was mad that his brother was getting all of this attention because he had been supposedly sexually abused and Derek, was, being the oldest, had been kicked aside. Now, that doesn't make any sense if you're in this loving family where siblings care about each other, parents care about their kids, which is the story that they tried to tell. Where it does make sense is where you see that uh, Michelle was trying to groom Derek to take over or be her second in command. And the younger brother came in and ruined that, started talking, and they all all of a sudden had to pull back. They couldn't use him that way anymore. And Derek lost all of that recognition, all of that attention that he was getting from his mom because it all of a sudden had to go to the youngest brother pretending that, oh, they're so concerned and we have to take care of this. All right, Derek also at this point in his life informed me that he had been sexually assaulted and that it really, really traumatized him. Now, there's this thing that happens when somebody is sexually assaulted. They have information that they all share in common, and... This is one of the ways that in the mental health world, in, as therapists, we know how to interview people to see if they've actually been sexually assaulted. Now, why do I say that? It isn't because we don't want to believe the victims of the sexual assault. It is because back in the 1980s, there was a huge push of coercing children into saying that they had been sexually abused when they had it and it was destroying lives. So they had to come up with a better way of getting information without coercing and um, planting information into their thoughts so that they would say what you wanted them to say. We all know what these questions are. We all know how to ask them. I was interviewing for a job a few years ago, and it was with a company where they worked with a very, uh, sexually abused children and they worked on the court front trying to get these kids taken out of the abusive situations. And the owner of this agency came to me and he said, do you know what it sounds like when somebody has been sexually abused? And I said, yes, I do. And he asked me specifics and I said, well, how about if I give you a mock interview? And I gave him a mock interview and he looked at me and he goes, oh yeah, you do. You know exactly what it sounds like. And I said, yes, I do. So anyway, uh, we ask these questions and I started asking Derek these questions and he couldn't answer any of them. I couldn't get any of the, uh, quote, right information from him. The story didn't add up. And as the years progressed and the information changed... I started realizing that what actually happened is that Derek was trying to push himself sexually onto these people and it wasn't working. And so he was trying to turn the tables and make it so that he had been the one that was sexually assaulted and get these people into trouble because he wanted all of this attention because it was going to his younger brother. Now, that's one of the things that happened in this. The other thing that happened in this is that I showed up. And Michelle knew that I wasn't the clueless idiot that she was hoping I would be. And she fed Derek the information that he was supposed to say to get me to stop talking. Now... You have to understand here that I know I have said Derek did this and Derek did this and Derek did this. And I've given other podcasts where I've given a lot of information about what Derek has done. But Derek has always been a puppet. He has never been the one calling the shots. It has always been Michelle always. And you need to understand that just because she was in the background not making herself present and known doesn't mean that it wasn't her. A huge tactic of borderlines is that if they are doing something and they don't want to be caught doing it, they will blame it on the person that they are trying to victimize. It's pretty simple If they are lying, then they will say that you are lying. If they are uh, hurting people, then they will say that you are hurting people. So that they can project the uh, wrongdoing onto the other person and deflect the attention from them in the bad sense. They don't want to deflect the good attention. So one of the things that my brother would do is if I showed up smarter than he was, he would say that I wasn't smart. If I showed up more talented than he was, then he would say I wasn't talented. You know, so they will say if you are good, that you are bad. And if you are bad, that you are worse. All right? So what you've got going here is Derek proclaimed through Michelle that I was actually the very first female cult leader ever in the history of the world. I am that special. Now, how is that a thing? Because they don't want me to be smart. They don't want me to talk. They don't want me to know anything. They don't want me to say anything because if I am a cult leader, then who's going to listen to me, right? Derek would say this in so many of his Facebook posts and his uh, emails and his texts. He would say, Mandy, you're a cult leader. He'd tell everybody else, are you following the cult leader? He actually told his best friend uh Do you want to help me take down the empire? Like, what, I'm Darth Vader? I, you know, a fictional character. Uh, So it was to discredit me, not to uh, make it so that I was uh, this grand leader. However, in the process of that, what they did was make it so that I was this grand leader. I mean, seriously, in the history of... uh, time, I'm the very first female cult leader that there ever was. We should put that in the history books because that's a big deal, right? Sarcasm for those of you who don't know that I'm very sarcastic. Uh, It isn't how that works, but there also, if you look, has never been a female cult leader. So for Derek to proclaim that I'm a female cult leader is to proclaim that I'm a lot more powerful than they actually want me to be. And part of that was so because they are mad at people who listen to me. They are mad that I speak the truth and they in the process of trying to discredit me, can't help but say that I am more powerful than they want me to be. Now, as a cult leader, no, I'm no cult leader. I do not brainwash. I do not try to control. I do not try to force. I don't have the time. I don't have the energy. I don't have the desire. But I do have the time, energy, and desire to speak the truth and to put evil down. And so they have to do something. Now, another thing that Michelle did is she would go and talk to the people in Goshen. That really gave us so much information about who was involved in all of this combined organization. It was actually Michelle who outed them. Uh, the, Charles Pipkin did a lot of that. Rachel Pipkin did a lot of that on their end of the organization. But Michelle is the one who outed the cult. She's the one who outed the religious leaders. She is the one who gave us the most information. She sent emails to Derek. She sent texts to Derek. She sent emails to uh, Lindsay about information that she knew. Uh, trying to discredit me, trying to make it so that I wasn't as big and good and knowledgeable as I was. Her borderline didn't allow her to pay attention to the fact that what she was really doing was uh, tattling. She was in these emails telling Derek, this is who's in charge, this is what you need to say about it, and this is who you need to say it to. Now, the problem is Derek is not borderline. We've talked about this. And he has some borderline tendencies and characteristics. And the biggest one is that he did not know when and how to ever shut up. So Michelle is over here trying to say, I want you to be the front man here. I want you to get in trouble. I want you to do all of this work for me. And then... You need to stop talking. Derek knew how to do all of the things except for stop talking. So in the process of Michelle trying to hide behind Derek, she outed the other two organizations, all of the people that were working with them, what positions they held in those other organizations, and how we could actually get to them. Now, I told you in the last podcast that the trafficking organization is done with Michelle and Derek. They don't want to have anything to do with them anymore. They are tired of Michelle ruining everything for them. (coughs) The cult needs to start paying attention to this too because, uh, Derek is out of the picture. Juliet is out of the picture. Michelle has started taking over. She is pretending to be Derek, but she's not doing a very good job of it because Derek goes off on these oh fantasy tangents where his delusions of grandeur just get in the way. Uh, borderlines don't have delusions of grandeur. Borderlines believe that they are the end-all be-all. There are no delusions there. It is a firm belief and they act on it all the time. So to have this, do you want to take down the empire with me, is not something a borderline is ever going to say. A borderline is going to come in and ruin anybody who dares to destroy their empire. That is the difference there. So what you have currently is that Michelle has completely disregarded Gregory Lamb, Aaron Rawlings, the U.N.A. County Court, the U.N.A. County District, and has brought the fight to Utah County and has started including law enforcement uh and lawyers and judges and law clerks or court clerks in Utah County. Here's where I'm going to tell you that's a problem. If you have a divorce case and a custody case that are filed in one county, it has to be followed through in that county. To get a change of venue for a custody case, requires an awful lot of work. Now, borderlines don't like to do the work. They are ultimately lazy. Lazy isn't that you won't do anything. Lazy is that you will work three times as hard to get out of doing something as it it would take to just do the job in the first place. That's what lazy is. And borderlines are incredibly lazy. They will work so hard to get out of doing things the right way just so that they can get their way. So what you have here is <clears throat> we received a notice From a Utah County something. I have no idea because it's all illegal. It wasn't from a court. It wasn't from a lawyer. It was just this bizarre text that stated that there was an arrest warrant out for Lindsay. Now, you can't have an arrest warrant when there hasn't been a an investigation, um, charges filed, and a hearing. It also stated that she had failed to show up to her arraignment. Again, you can't have an arraignment if you haven't had an actual trial. So Michelle just completely skipped all of the steps to do anything first and just decided, ah, Lindsay needs to be arrested. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to send information that says you should be arrested. Now we went and we did look up on the Utah State Warrant site. And it does have a warrant there for Lindsay's arrest. And everyone said, oh, that means it's right. And I said, no, that means that Michelle paid somebody to have it put on the site so that the cops can go around and attempt to arrest Lindsay. Arrest her for what? Don't know. Now, here is one of the things that uh, she sent a threat to Lindsay that stated that she did not give permission for anybody to have Lindsay's daughter except for her, Michelle. Michelle gave herself permission to have Lindsay's daughter, and claimed that that's legal. Then she went a step further and said. You are going to jail, Michelle told Lindsay. you're you are going to jail, And anybody who has your daughter who isn't me, I will charge with kidnapping charges. All right? Michelle is't a parent. The custody case, is still in the beginning stages because they went way off the rails and decided they didn't want to keep doing things legally. So they jumped ahead 50 steps and then just decided that that Derek got everything and Lindsay got nothing uh, with no evidence, no legal basis whatsoever. And then Michelle moves the case to Utah County so that she can go around declaring that she's in charge and she's paid off other judges, other lawyers, and other cops to put this out there so that she can have what she wants. Now, what the cult people need to pay attention to is that the more people Michelle involves, the more it's going to out the cult. Why? Because Michelle lives in Nevada. She doesn't have any legal right, not just to move cases from one county to the next, but she's got no legal right to file anything in Utah. So she is including more and more people In Utah, where she doesn't live in this jurisdiction. And she continues to throw Derek under the bus because she doesn't care about anybody anybody but herself. So she's claiming that Derek is still out there pushing all of this information. And what we have is the more people who know, the more secrets that get out. Now let's just follow Michelle's logic, for lack of a better word, let's follow this through and say that it actually happens. Let's say that uh, Lindsay gets pulled over by a cop and there's an arrest warrant on that says she has to be taken in and arrested immediately. All right. Our Constitution has what's called a Fourth Amendment that is very, very, very specific and very adamant on the rights of illegal arrest. You are not allowed to have a warrant out for your arrest without lots and lots and lots of evidence backing it up. There is zero evidence backing any of this warrant up, so... <clears throat> this cop, let's say, says, there's a warrant for your arrest. I have to arrest you. All right. So they take Lindsay in. They take her into the jail. What are they going to book her on? What are, and once they meet in front of, and you are required, it says right in the law that you have to meet in front of a fair judge for an arrest warrant that has been meted out, You have to meet in front of a fair judge and the cops have to be able to give a large amount of evidence to support the fact that you were arrested. What are they going to say? They have zero evidence to support that Lindsay was arrested. They have zero evidence to support that there should have even been an arrest warrant. Uh, that was put out there. And I did research on the lawyers and the judge and the court clerk that <clears throat> actually ha- have their names on these documents. They're, they're not. Um, but, you know, for, like I said, lack of a better word, the court clerk actually has her business address in California. Uh, that doesn't work. And the lawyer doesn't have any information about him on his law firm, on his it claims he's been practicing in Utah for 31 years. And he has zero reviews. He doesn't have a picture of himself. He has zero bio information. He has no information whatsoever, except for the random school that he graduated from, and that he's active In his status on the Utah State Bar. That's all he's got. Nothing else. So what you have here is they are not going to be able to follow through with this warrant because it is not based in anything and it violates every single part of the process of how to actually get an arrest warrant. Now, there are some people, like I said, in the cult that should be paying attention to this. I'm going to tell you that one of them is Charles Piper. Now, one of the reasons Charles Piper should be paying attention to this is because he's supposed to be a lawyer by trade. Uh, He claims to have gone to law school. Uh, he claims to have worked in the legal profession. When I talked to him a couple of years ago before I knew what a horrible person he was, uh, he was saying that his wife wants wanted him to um, <clears throat> retire from his law practice because he worked like 80 hours a week doing legal work. And I said, well, if you're doing good work, then you should stick with it. Uh, And it turns out that he hasn't had active status on the Utah State Bar for years. So, he should understand that if you get these lawyers involved doing illegal work, that they're going to be complained against with the Utah State Bar. And I have no problems complaining to the bar when a lawyer is breaking the law. I've done it many times. I've had to talk to the bar, and tell them what these lawyers are doing that is violating my rights, other people's rights. Uh, That's what that bar is there for. It's to make sure that people are following the law in the legal profession. Now, you say, all right, that's great. What can you do about the judges? Well, there is a It's called the JCC, it's the Judicial Conduct Committee, and I have filed complaints against Uh, judges also with the JCC. Uh, There's currently one that I filed because of how awful and controlling and disrespectful Gregory Lamb was in his courtroom towards me and other witnesses. I filed a complaint against him that is right now being investigated. So what you have is uh, Charles Piper needs to pay attention He is trying to hide in the Mormon church and he is trying to hide behind his legal profession. And he is trying to hide in the fact that, well, I'm a lawyer. Well, he's not. He is not an active lawyer and he might hold a calling in the Mormon church, but he is not an actual member because he doesn't follow any of the policies or tenets of his religion. So it's like when I said before about the Catholics. These priests were going around using the Catholic Church to get away with what they wanted to do, pretending that they were good members of the Catholic Church. When you and I both know that they were not, they were predators hiding in a religion. It's like calling terrorists good members of the Muslim religion. They're not. They're jihadists. They're terrorists. They're outcasts. They are simply using the religion as a cover to get away with what they want to get away with. All right, so what you've got here is that the more that there is illegal activity, it brings attention to Charles Piper, supposed to be a lawyer and know about this. Now, Michelle is also a member of the Mormon Church, That's a problem because she holds callings too. There's a thing in the Mormon religion, in the Mormon church, where you have to go to certain leaders and they ask you questions and you have to answer those questions in order to be able to do certain things within the Mormon religion. These people... Charles Piper, Charles Pipkin, Rachel Pipkin, Annie Nielsen Rott, Michelle Morrell, Derek Morrell, Juliet Peterson, uh, Rick Morrell. Oh, sorry, that's Michelle's husband. All of these people are lying. They are all lying. None of them are telling the truth in anything that they are doing, using the Mormon religion as a cover for what they want to do. And they are claiming that they are the good members of the church. Charles Piper has used the Mormon religion to hurt so many people. It is ridiculous. Uh, I'm going to get into more of how he has not just violated women, with it, using religion as a cover, but that he has violated their spouses. He has violated policy. He has violated everything he can possibly think of in order to promote what he wants to do. <clears throat> and he thinks he's getting away with it. The reason he thinks he's getting away with it is because he loves to come back with confidentiality. Oh, he loves that word. Uh, He uses it all the time. He has called me into several meetings. And the very first thing I get told is, Mandy, this meeting is confidential. You are not allowed to talk about anything we talk about in this meeting out there. There was one meeting where he actually brought me a piece of paper and he sat it down in front of me and he said, you have to sign this or we will not continue with this meeting. And I looked at it and I said, well, I'm not going to sign it because this, I do not have to follow this confidentiality. And he said, well, then we won't continue with the meeting. Now, in a minute, I will tell you why I signed it. But I said, fine, I will sign it, but I will not adhere to it. And he looked right at me and he said, well, the people that I answer to said that you have to sign it. Now, isn't that interesting? Because the people that he answers to should be the leadership of the church. And he should be able to name those names because I know who they are. I know who the leadership of the Mormon or of the LDS church is. I know who the first presidency is. I know who the 12 are. And those are the people who dictate church policy. And they do not adhere to this stupid confidentiality thing when people come into a meeting. Now, yes, Charles Piper has to keep it confidential, what I say, because he is supposedly in the calling of being the church leader confidant, right? Priests, when you confess to them, they have to keep it um, confidential. Uh, Bishops in the LDS church, when you confess to them, they have to keep it confidential. Up to a point, if you are saying that you are abusive, that... Abuse, You know of abuse that has happened or that people have been hurt in really, really, really bad ways. They have the responsibility to report it to the authorities, but with your knowledge and, you know, they can't do it behind your back. Anyway, so the legal aspects of that get very complicated. I'm not going to get into that. Just confidentiality, right? Okay, so... That's not the first time that Charles Piper told me that. Why did I sign that paper? Why did I say, fine, I will sign this paper and I will move forward with this meeting? Because that meeting that Charles Piper was holding was to keep me from attending my daughter's wedding. He was so adamant on punishing me for speaking the truth that he made sure that I did not get to attend my daughter's wedding. And he did that on purpose. And he did that going against the policies and tenets of the Mormon church. He misused and abused his uh, self-proclaimed church authority so that he could keep me from attending my daughter's wedding. Now, they claim, all of the people who were in that meeting, they claim that they also made sure that I can't attend church and that I can't be part of my religion. Um, (laughs) they don't have that kind of authority. They can't uh, say that. And they can't stop me from being a member of my church and going to church and partaking in all of the pieces of my religion that I choose to, except for that one part. They can, through lies keep me from attending uh, you, these are worldwide, they're called temples. The uh, Mormon Church has temples and it requires permission, yes, from your stake president to go to the temple. So he took that fake authority. And said that I could not go to the temple. He tried to do it to my husband, too, and say that neither of us could attend our daughter's wedding, but he didn't have enough to make it stick with my husband. He has enough people here in Goshen who he has lied to who hate me, to get it so that I can't, but he couldn't do it to get my husband to stick. He tried to do it to uh, my other daughter also, but she answers to a different state president. So he was thwarted on that front too. Now, what you are seeing here is that Charles Piper is so busy making sure that he is breaking all the laws that he can and using, misusing his uh, religious power to hurt all the people that he can, that he is ignoring the fact that Michelle Morrell is doing the exact same thing. The two are going to collide because, like I said, the more people that they involve in all of this illegal and uh, um, misuse and abuse of power, the more that people are going to find out that they are doing it. They are no longer working together here. And when you are not working together and you are criminals... There is no loyalty among thieves, so they are in it for themselves and do not care what information they give out on the other front. They need to be careful and pay attention. Allie Cohen told both of them uh, a while back that if they continued the way that they were doing it, this is what was going to happen. They did not pay attention. They think that they are winning because they are doing things against the religion and against the law. They are not. And they are going to butt heads in an explosion that is going to ruin both of them.